All right, guys, welcome back. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. Thank you for listening. I uh, appreciate y'all's support. And um, this will be the last week of these recorded conversations that I had live at the Hunt Expo in Salt Lake City. I do want to recommend one more time, if you've never been, to check out the Hunt Expo. Um, it's a great way to support conservation. Check out the latest gear and gadgets, see what's going on in the industry, and you know, meet some of your favorite content creators and whatnot. Um, it's, it's really the best time and place that I know of where pretty much everybody in the Western hunting sphere is in one place under one roof and um, it's just a great time so whether you want to just network or you want to just go and check it out it's um it's an awesome experience and uh you can support conservation uh by being there so anyway like i said this is the last week of the episodes i recorded live at the expo and uh it's a good one i'm starting out with talking to joseph von benedict of the Backcountry Hunting Podcast. He's also a longtime um, gun and outdoor writer in several publications, including Peterson's Hunting Magazine um, and others, and just a really unique, interesting guy. Um, if you get a chance, go to YouTube and check out the video version because um, Joseph just has like a just cool, unique kind of old school style that he wear. You know, he's got the hat and the vest and he's just uh just a unique character and a really cool guy so if you get a chance go to youtube check out these videos um it's kind of a rare opportunity to see me doing some podcasting in person uh which is fun uh and then i'm gonna sit down with um uh you know to be honest i don't remember his name let me see if i can find it here real quick i apologize um I don't recall his name, I apologize, but uh, he runs a company that is very apropos, I believe, to a lot of you folks out there listening, which is why I interviewed him. Here we go. His name is Darren Cooper. Sorry about that. But um, he is the owner and CEO of RentOutdoorGear.com. And the reason I want to sit down with him is because his company offers a really cool service. Um where, I mean, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but you can pretty much rent anything, or not anything, but a, a, he has a large um, inventory of outdoor products that you can rent for Western hunts. So let's say you're, you're like me, coming from the East Coast, uh, you're planning your first trip, you don't necessarily want to drop thousands of dollars on gear, um, or you want to try out a new piece of gear uh, before buying it. You can literally go to rentoutdoorgear.com. You can rent packs, tripods, optics. He's got a full suite of just amazing killer optics you can rent. Um, even uh, weapon systems like rifles with uh, optics, you know, and um, and just that's just to name a few. But um, he has camping gear as well. So um, it's a really cool uh, idea for a company and um, something I think that a lot of you guys might want to know about because uh, if you're just getting into the game or, like I said, want to try out a new piece of gear, it's a really cool resource. So check that out, rentoutdoorgear.com. We talk about the company. So And then um, lastly, I get to sit down with Jonathan, a.k.a. Redbeard McCormick. And uh, Jonathan's a cool dude. He's an adult onset hunter, as he calls it, and um, uh, really a pretty killer um, archer as well. 
but um, he's out from he's from out there in Utah, and he has his own podcast called the Red Beard Outdoor Podcast. He's got like two hundred or something episodes. He does like three a week or something. So he's crushing the podcasts. Um, uh, pretty inspirational dude. He does gear reviews, um, and so we catch up and get to talk a little bit. And so um, check out his podcast as well. And hope you guys enjoy. Um, this is the last week of these live um, expo episodes. Uh, hope you guys enjoy them. Let me know what you think. Um, and again, uh, you know, it's kind of a rare opportunity to be able to see me engaging with these folks in person on video. So uh, yeah, go to YouTube and check them out and subscribe to the channel and leave a comment. Let me know what you think about them. Um, if you hate them, you think they're stupid and you think I should never do it again, <laughs> that's fine. Let me know. Um, I think they're cool, but you know, if you don't like them, I, I'm always down for feedback and want to listen to what you guys have to say. So let me know what you think about these episodes. Um, you know, if you haven't done so yet, please leave me a rating or review on Apple or Spotify. It's really helpful to get helpful to me to get the name and the message of the podcast out there. Um, so anyway, uh, let's just jump into this episode and I hope you guys enjoy. See you on the next one. So guys, I'm here with Joseph Bon Benedict at the Hunt Expo, and we're gonna do this again because I forgot to hit record. <laughs> so sorry well, about I've that. I've never man. done that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So we were talking about desert hunting and all that, and um, you were telling me you went down to hunt some coos with Barnes. Yeah. So this was 2015. I was hunting with uh, Wade Lemon, a really good outfitter, uh -huh. and my friend of Barnes had they'd purchased one of Wade Lemon Hunting's. Uh, packages for mule deer and a coos deer but he said if you want to come with me i'll shoot the mule deer and you can shoot the coos deer nice okay I'm yeah happy to yeah <laughs> anyway there's a young guide working down there and i'm not going to name names just for privacy reasons but top-notch guy with really good eyes just a, a natural of finding deer in those Which really have challenging have. desert environments yeah. yeah and you got the discipline to like glue that glass to your face all day yeah so this guy was uh, guiding a fairly well-off young client. And the year before, this client had come and bought one of the packages for a, a Sonora mule deer and a coos deer. And he shot a good mule deer and he shot a 131-inch coos deer. Wow. Big, clean 3x3 three three with like an 11-inch dropper. Wow. Big yeah. coos deer, right? So he came back and, and that particular 11 year... 11-inch dropper? Yeah. <laughs> unusual. Yeah. So that year he bought two packages. Okay. And he said, I want to shoot the first really good mule deer I see. Then we're going to hold out for a 200 plus inch mule deer and I'm going to shoot one coos deer. But Mr. Guide, right? I want you to shoot one because you got me such a, a oh, cool. you know, fantastic coos deer last year. So I'm going to gift you one of my coos deer opportunities. That's cool. So they went out and they got him something like 196 inch non-typical mule deer early on. Sonoran? Yep. Okay. Things were great, hunky-dory. They'd been hunting a couple more days and one evening with about 20 minutes of light left, they were kind of out of mule deer to hunt in that specific area. So yeah. they said, let's run up this pinnacle real quick to this glassing point. They were actually in a truck. We'll just glass real quick and see if we pick up any coos deer yeah. before heading back to camp. 
So they got up to that point, almost instantly this guide found a deer. Okay. And it was something like a half mile off, and, and they were both sharing one rifle. Okay. And he just, it was a 6.5 by 284. This okay. is back before the, the 6.5 PRC took off, right? Okay. I hadn't even been introduced, I think. He grabbed that rifle and just ran for about a quarter mile through the desert, dropped to his belly, and shot this buck. They went collected it, brought it back into camp, and I got to put hands on this deer while yep. it was still warm, look it over, and it was one of those, it wasn't just a one-in-a-lifetime buck, it was one in a hundred lifetimes. lifetimes. Yeah. So Boone and Crockett, for that four-year period, printed a buck, right, with all the new uh, uh, entries. This buck outscored the top one by something like 15 points. Did not enter it. He's one of those classic kind of understated okay. guides. The buck green scored 153. Oh my gosh! Dude. Palmation like a moose, heavy, heavy time. Dude, I mean, that's he insane was pre, for a coos deer. Prehistoric, yeah. yeah. And I got to, I, I wanted to lick his antlers. <laughs> like I got to handle half that deer. of that antler is a good coos deer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh man, that's so cool. Um, so I was thinking this year about how cool it is. I know you're a big Alaska guy too, but how cool it is, like going from shooting a Sitka blacktail in 21, you know, on Kodiak in August, lush green, just like basically a rainforest almost, but like up high. And then, you know, coming down and, and being able to take a, a deer in the desert and then everything in between, you know, Montana this year, a couple other places. So um, it's pretty cool to be able to chase deer in different locations, and stuff like that. But I know yeah. you're a big Alaska guy, right? If you had I to hunt like the desert or Alaska, which one are you going for? Because I'm not gonna lie, when I was, I'd said it in the previous recording, I didn't say it here, but spent a few days alone in the desert looking for Barbary sheep OTC, and then before that I was you know in the desert for ten days, and I I, I found a stud uh, desert bighorn and got some footage of him while I was looking for sheep, and um, I don't know, I something about it, I kind of was like, wow, the desert is something special about it Magical. and those coos deer when they get they get old they get gnarly and heavy yeah. and like yeah it's um you know i always wanted to really wanted to, to hunt a doll sheep mm -hmm. and like now i'm like i don't know desert bighorn might might be i don't know what do you think no yeah <laughs> desert a desert sheep would be terrific yeah uh, doll sheep's also incredible. I've never done one, but I've been sure. in their country. I've followed that a lot. I hope to hunt one someday, but it's you know, ultimate northern mountain hunt, in my yeah. opinion. But between desert hunting and Alaska, you know, they both have their own magic. Yeah, so much but difference. I probably, if you, if you take the percentage of moments in a day that I enjoy the most between the two areas, I'd probably have to say the desert. Really? Okay. Yeah. You kind of grew up like in a deserty type environment, yeah, right? Southern Utah. Utah. Yeah. I love the, the desert evenings, the desert mornings yeah. with the special light that comes through there. You generally will have real crisp cold at night, but yep. you won't have that bone eating humid yeah. cold. You generally don't have the insane winds that you get in Alaska. Yeah. You and don't usually lose three days to fog and rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the rain, sorry, the, the desert, even though it's, I mean, it's a desert, right? It yeah. is probably a gentler place than deep country Alaska. Yeah. 
probably had to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And Alaska, you know, people imagine it teeming with wildlife, and right. it can be. If you catch the caribou migration, yeah, it's like you're in the middle of New York City, right? <laughs> if you miss it, if you don't, it, if you miss it, you're town. on the moon for yep. a week, right? My first not caribou enough, hunt, yeah. we were in there. You could not take one step without stepping in a caribou trap mm. or scat. But they had moved on, and we yeah. were back there three and a half days, didn't see a single animal. Yeah, not a sign of life. Nothing. Yeah. So there is that. I mean, they both have their inherent dangers. You know, you can fall from a mountain in Alaska or a yeah. cliff in the desert. Alaska, you have actually the big bears and so forth. They don't worry me as much as the some of the scorpions, the little translucent oh, yeah. scorpions and so forth in the desert. Tarantulas? No thanks. Uh, tarantulas are, I just hate are nasty, but... Most of them aren't that dangerous, dangerous yeah. but I mean, as a kid, we used to pack tents into desert country hunting mule deer because of the scorpions. Uh, that was the only reason. The only They'd reason climb that. in your sleeping bag with you. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a welcome I never wanted to no, have. No. And so, even though bears are like more overwhelmingly right. scary, the scorpions were much more of a, a real, a real present threat. threat. Yeah. 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 I have a crazy story about uh, another desert dweller, yeah. a rattlesnake, if okay. you want to hear it. For sure. So, where I grew up, there was the Boulder Outdoor Survival School. Yeah. And at yeah, one point, it was international. They had courses in old Mexico and Africa, around the world, some of the best instructors ever. They do up to 29-day desert courses, pure survival. Wow. Like, you got to take a knife and... I think halfway through you got a wool blanket. Wow. That is it, right? 29 it days. It took people like Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and uh, Lucy Liu. Oh, right yeah. after the Charlie's oh, the, Angels, yeah. Angels film came out, they came and did it. Anyway, pretty cool outfit. One of their instructors was sleeping in a sleeping bag, this time luxury, right? Yeah. In the desert at one point. And this is not inflated. This is not made up. She okay. woke up in the middle of the night feeling something brushing against her neck and she was smart she kind of froze instead of just doing this right because right? she kind of recognized scales a rattlesnake was crawling into her sleeping bag oh. it crawled in and basically curled up not coiled but curled up between her breasts inside the sleeping bag not a convenient spot no it was like five <laughs> hours till daylight she, she had to just sit there. She held dead still until <laughs> oh daylight came. The sun came up and that snake was she crawled alone? out. I think she was. Oh, so she had she couldn't like get anyone to take it off her. Like she had to just wait it out. Yeah, dude, that's intense. That takes way more nerve than I'd ever had. I'd I think come about out of that sleeping bag like oh, a monkey yeah. out of a hot frying pan. I think about hour three, I would have been like, and like tried to grab it. I don't know though, because I mean, you mess up, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Or really, really sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's right by your heart, too. And this was before satellite emergency communicators right. and stuff, you know. That's She'd crazy. have had to hike out to get help. That's crazy. So, do you have any uh, Alaska adventures planned for this year? Not for this year. Okay. Unfortunately, I do have a, some pretty cool trips. Yeah. Some mountain trips. I'm planning to go to um, Argentina. The oh, Red cool. Stag, Black uh, Buck, and Wild The Roar? Uh, if we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and then... If the stars line up to Spain for chamois, going to oh, climb cool. into the Pyrenees and pursue nice. chamois. In their native environment. Pretty cool, yeah. I've always wanted to go back to Europe. And my ancestry, von Benedict, Yeah. the Austrian Alps would be ideal because yeah. that's where we're from. But okay. uh, <laughs> the Pyrenees in Spain is pretty cool, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then cool I'm experience. going to Scotland to 
end of July, early August, somewhere in there for red stag and okay. roebuck stalking. Have you hunted over there before? Uh, none of those places. Okay. I have hunted Germany and the Czech Republic and Italy. Okay. Yeah, so I guess Mexico is my first like international mm -hmm. hunt. Very different from Europe, but yes, <laughs> but pretty, pretty cool nonetheless. Um, I do have Alaska adventure on the docket this year. Nice. What are you doing? We're gonna. Um, so I found an outfit. Actually, the dudes that that um, Weatherby and those guys use have used in the past. Um, I called them the riverboat type outfit. Uh huh. Uh, airboat. Yeah. And I called them and they were like, oh yeah, man, we're booked like two years out. And I was like, all right, I don't need a camp. Take me up on an off day, drop me off, I'll float out myself. I don't need anything else. Like, all right, let me talk to my boss. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, yeah, we can do it. So, so we're gonna just have him take us up, hopefully about 35 miles up and just drop us and um, hunt caribou. Hopefully fill my first caribou tag because first trip we didn't get one. Yeah. And uh, and then float out. Should be an adventure, man. Very cool. Yeah. What part of the state are you going to? It's way up, like, um, like I, we have to fly into like Prudhoe. Oh, really? Yeah, it's up there. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, I look forward to hearing about that. Yeah, I'll tell you the river after, off air. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's going to be a fun trip, man. Um, so, What yeah. are you taking to hunt with? I'm taking a rifle or a bow? As, or? Yeah, right now, uh, it'll probably be my Seekins Precision 300 Wind Mag. Cool. Which, I don't know if you remember, but our podcast, I was like trying to decide on a cartridge, and I was yeah. like grilling you about stuff. I did ultimately end up with 300 Wind Mag. Pretty of, happy with it? Yeah, dude. I've already put down five animals with that thing cool. this year. Yeah. Um, nice. The recoil is way more manageable than people make it out to be, yeah. in my opinion. You know, I'm coming from a background of shooting 12 gauge all yeah, day, so. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, it's and like those copper mono bullets, um, it's been lethal, and um, I've enjoyed shooting it accurate. Very and cool. you know, the other thing is too is I can hop on online and find ammo pretty easy. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. That is a big thing. I don't thing. like being, you know, having to scrounge yeah. and look for stuff. And um, which specific Barnes bullet have you been using? Is the Vortex? Yeah. Yeah, the Vortex, solid yeah. copper. Yeah. They, they call it Vortex. They do. Okay, yeah. I didn't know so how to say it. Tipped. But, yeah, yeah. Shock. Yeah. Which I learned bullet. from you is because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the friction on a non-tipped could actually deform the nose of the bullet somewhat. So they put a heat-resistant tip on it. Is that correct? No, that's a different... So in flight, if you have a really high BC bullet and you launch it at really high muzzle velocity, say a BC of 600 or more and uh -huh. you launch it at 3,000 feet per second or more, the aerodynamic friction can cause some erosion on that, on the, a typical polymer, okay. Delrin polymer tip, but Barnes uses them. Typically monometals, it's very hard to get a monometal that's north of 6, 600 yeah. on the BC scale. So the companies that are using the heat-resistant tips are Hornady and Federal. Hornady okay. has the heat shield, and Federal has the slipstream tip. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a, a rifle brand that you kind of shoot for, or do you can you use anything you want, or I everybody? love them all equally. Okay. Have you shot Seekins before? <laughs> I have a little bit. Okay, I've cool. never owned one, but okay. I've always liked them. Yeah. Uh, they got the Havoc element, super lightweight and really accurate rifle. But That's um, the one with the aluminum receiver, right? So the bolt locks directly this one right into here. The, the rear of the, the barrel. Yes. Yeah, very um, cool technology. Yep, I think that's it. Yeah. It looks right. Um, it's a it's a great gun, man. Um, what, uh, what gun are you taking to uh, Europe with you? 
Mm. I'm not even sure not yet. Not sure yet? Yeah. Okay. We're four months out. I got lots of time. <laughs> lots of tinkering to do. Yep. To Argentina, I'm taking a Benelli Lupo. Okay. But I'm going with Benelli. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To represent it for yeah. Benelli. Yeah. Um, cool. They're, pretty, They're trying to get more into the rifle space, huh? Yeah. So yeah. that Lupo is unique. It was designed all four or five years ago. That was one of my trips to Italy. I went over there for okay. a pre-launch event. And I, you look at it and it's like, holy smokes, they've been watching too many space movies. <laughs> they give you the little clinic to run down of how it was designed ergonomically to match the human body okay. and all of our angles and this and that. You're like, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. And then you pick one up and you're like, holy moly, they actually got it right. Okay. And it feels terrific. And the one I had was in 30-06, which... Yeah, it's a grand old cartridge, but I've driven. I had never had one that was just crazy accurate. This one was. Okay. It's the most accurate 30 out 6 I've ever fired. Nice. It's pretty cool, too. And yeah. It was factory ammo easily under three quarters of an inch yeah. for most of the loads. Well, Impressive. You know, I never shot their rifles, but I've always have been a Benelli fan because, you know, my background, I started waterfowl yeah. from the East Coast, and I have, a, I have a Benelli Super Black Eagle that I got in high school. I've put tens of thousands uh, of rounds to that thing. Yeah, I probably cleaned it cool. three times. <laughs> like the it's literally the paint is wearing off from my hands. Needed. Like it's yeah, used, nice. and I love that thing, dude. Yeah. So great shotgun. Yeah. Well, cool, man. This has been great catching up. Yeah, uh, appreciate your time, man. Anytime, brother. All right, I cool. always enjoy visiting with you. <laughs> yeah, you too, brother. Have All a right. good season, man. You too. All right, guys. Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. I'm here at the Expo live, and my first guest is Darren from Rent Outdoor Gear. Is yeah. it rentoutdoorgear.com or just Rent Outdoor Gear? Okay. Yeah, that's the website, and but it's the name of the business, okay. Rent Outdoor Gear. So tell me a little about yourself, just personally. Um, been a hunter all my life, pretty much. Uh, I used to work for Hoyt Archery Company, okay. designing bows. I've written- You're from Utah? Yep, oh. well, actually I'm from Boise. Lived down here in Utah for 10 years okay. when I was working for Hoyt, and then now I'm back in Boise and own this business, and um, yeah, it's going really good. Okay. So when did you start the business? Uh, we basically launched the website right at the beginning of 2020, right like okay. pre-pandemic, and then probably not bad timing. I mean, the influx of people going out and it was it was uh, maybe an interesting time for us because it maybe slowed down our growth a little bit because we couldn't go to these shows and do yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. You, know, well, you right guys were here that. last year, right? I remember seeing you yeah, last year. Yeah, we did have a booth last year, and it was just a—it was really our first opportunity to get out to these shows and yeah. talk to customers and and really, you know, walking through the process of For sure. you know, how our business works. So, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because, um, you know, like I said, I'm from Virginia. Uh-huh. I've just been western hunting for like this will be my third season. I just finished, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely like. It's a whole new set of gear. It's a whole new set of skills. It is doable. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Absolutely. But <clears throat> there's a lot of guys who are like me who live on the East Coast, listen to my show, um, watching the show. It's going to come out this, this July. Um, and may not want to just, you know, buy a pack without, like, literally, where I'm in Virginia, you cannot go and try on a XO or a no. Stone or initial scent like you can't you gotta yeah. or, like when i gotta order boots i order like four pairs of boots and then have to return three you know what i mean yeah. so and that's kind of why we you know started this business we realized there's a you know a ton of people out there that can't just go western hunting because they don't have the gear and it's so dang expensive and it takes so much research to make yeah. an informed buying decision i know guys that will spend 
two months researching a backpack. Right. And we're trying to lower that barrier to guys that want to come out and do it, you know, both make it more affordable, but also take some of the pressure off of you to make those decisions by doing all that research. You know, yeah. we do it, you know, all the time and we use all of this gear and we have, yeah. I'm sure you uh, vet we, all the stuff and yeah, we only offer stuff that I would personally take on, you know, like a 21 day on yeah. hunt in Alaska where I literally had to, you know, my life depended yeah. on it. And so that's some of these hunts, of, that's what it is. That's the kind of stuff that yeah. we carry. And, you know, the last thing that I want is somebody to return something and be like, man, that thing, was, that sucked. Right. I had a bad experience. You right. know, I didn't like this piece of gear. And so we don't have a huge offering, but it's very... What are your offerings? So we, we have camping gear, mm -hmm. so tents, backpacks, sleeping bags. We've got Seek Outside, um, Kuyu, Exo. Um, so like zero degree, 20 degree bags, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. We've got the big Seek Outside teepees. We've got Kuyu, like two man yep. backpacking tents and whatnot. So you got packs? Yep, Kuyu and Exo Mountain Gear packs. Okay, optics? Uh, yeah, tons of optics, you know, everything from Vortex, Kawas, Ross. Which that one's really interesting like, to me uh, because like I just got back from Mexico to a coos hunt. And like I was like, man, I wish I had some of those like giant Swarovski like BTX things or something. Yeah. But like I'm not gonna buy those. But like our, you our could pick them up. Our deer hunters love to rent like the BTX or even the, yeah. the Kawa Highlander big eyes from us because they're just a game changer yeah. in, in huge. Sitting there with like, like one that. eye closed all day just gets old. No, it's so so much easier. Your brain just processes the the you know the data that it's picking up for through sure. both eyes so much better it puts the puzzle together you'll it's amazing the things that you'll will just click and you'll be like wait a minute i just saw a deer hoof and, you, and it actually takes a second yeah. for or you an to ear flicker or figure something. out where it was but you're like there it is that's yep. a deer hoof yeah whereas you know looking with one eye i just don't feel like it's just not very effective no, you know no. certainly it's great for zooming in and judging racks and doing all that but if you're really trying to dig out an animal out of the yeah. thick brush or whatever all right so two eyes so i come from tv world right mm -hmm. i'm used to have you heard of like lensrentals.com oh, yeah. mm -hmm. because i'm used to that absolutely i use them all the time um how does your product so let's say i wanted to rent like just a you know bad a optics package for right. a coos hunt how does it work so you get on our website, actually works almost identical to Lens Rentals. You get on there, you find the item that you want, click on the calendar, you pick the date that you want the item to arrive to you. So if you're leaving on a Saturday morning or whatever, you get it there on Friday, and then you pick the date that you're gonna return it to FedEx or UPS. And so that basically the day that, probably the day after you get home, right. and then you can get it over to, you know, throw it back in the box. It comes with a return shipping label. Nice. So you don't have to worry about the shipping. You just put the label on the yep. original box, tape that. it back up, yeah. drop it off at UPS or FedEx. That's awesome. It comes right back. So it's just really, really is like lens rentals. Yeah, I love it using really that. Is. Yeah. So that's, and that's I had, cool. I've used lens rentals personally. Okay. I, use, I use them quite a bit. I'm a avid photographer oh, and, nice. and been in a video for a long time and stuff. So cool, man. That's something that I love. And um, it's, the business started really, I drew a sheep tag in like 2018. Okay. And I was like, I need a BTX 95 for yeah. the hunt. You know, I need some big eyes. It's a yeah. huge country. I drew a Frank Church Wilderness oh, nice. sheep tag. And uh, I was like, I wonder, you know, my wife is going to kill me because it's, you know, it's like two house payments. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I wonder if, uh, if I can rent one. And I looked and, dude, nobody had them for rent. And I was like, there's a need for this. Yes. You know? yeah. and I, I think it's a great business. Yeah, I, I think we've really designed the whole program so that not only does it work great for guys back east, but um, 
it's a great option if you're planning on buying an optic anyway. Absolutely. Um, because we'll we have a out. keeper program, okay. and we'll, we'll give you seven days your rental 100% back to where to purchase. So if you want to try out, you know, a Swarovski binocular, and you're like, I want to buy that, but you can't tell what you're looking at, if it's good or bad, and yeah. inside Or you used it for a week, and you killed a huge buck with it, and you're like, oh, I like these yeah. things now. Yeah. <laughs> But it just gives you a, so much better opportunity to take it out, go use it in different lighting conditions, low light, you know, looking yeah. into the sun, looking away. Because you the can't sun. really test something like in a showroom for like five minutes. Absolutely like it's not. It's not like the you real know, thing. Especially most of the time you're handheld, so everything's moving. You can't really pick up on the differences yeah. in resolution between a Swarovski and a Vortex, and you know, and so it's it's easy to make a poor decision under those conditions. Mm -hmm. However, if you take you know, two competing binoculars out on a hunt over yeah. a three-day weekend, I'll give you both rentals 100% back toward whichever one you pick. Oh, cool. And we're going to give you a better price than retail because it's light, lightly used. Right. So I'm going to knock, you know, a couple hundred bucks off the top, yeah. let's say, give you a seven days to figure it out if you like it, and give you that seven days rental back. It's a no-brainer. So it's a no better buying experience, yeah. better pricing. Um, yeah. You know, works great for everybody you don't just have to you know be from the midwest or back yeah i think it's genius yeah if you want to you're a western guy and you want to try a new piece of gear without you yeah. know dropping all the coin yeah. that's beautiful man so um did you have a good hunting season this year did i did yeah. what'd you what'd you do uh i killed an awesome bull moose up in canada oh no way with my bow oh nice um, my guide had never seen a moose shot with a bow before, and really? I shot this thing at about 12 yards. And he about, Dude, arrows are deadly if you get he, them right. He couldn't believe you know, how awesome it was, and the thing went down at about 50 yards. Oh, that's cool. It was unbelievable. Is, so, it, is it pretty easy to get into Canada now? Uh, yeah, they, just, they finally dropped the COVID um, vaccination okay. requirements, and so it's, it's much easier than it was. Cool, cool. So even, um, even this spring was a lot more difficult. I went up this spring and actually shot a bear up there and then went back in the fall and okay and nice. i got a moose too so. and then um so then you do camping gear packs and optics do you guys do you don't do rifles do you we actually do we've got a oh, sister nice. company called rent guns and gear okay and we do rent long-range rifle systems it's we're the only ones that, that i'm aware of that have ever done this yeah um, we'll actually ship to an ffl near you um you can pick you know hey i i go to gary's gun shop or whatever and we'll ship it to gary he does a background check and all that stuff. Sure. And then when it shows, so when it shows up, you do that process just like you were purchasing it. Okay. And then you can ship it directly back to me because I'm an FFL. So yeah. when you're done with your rental, you can just drop it off at FedEx or UPS okay. and our return shipping label. Um, one thing I was going to ask you about was like, do you have any, where are you guys based out of? Boise, Idaho. Okay. Let's say I got a hunt in Idaho somewhere. Mm -hmm. and it's in the Boise area. Could I say, uh, hey Darren, I'm coming out. I need to rent this stuff. Can I come out and like pick it up? Absolutely. We okay, have cool. tons of people that do that because we're real close to the Boise Airport. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're literally, literally like two miles just due north of the airport, okay. so it's almost like you know perfect for guys. Yeah. And I-84 runs right through Boise. A lot of people are heading up north to McCall or northern yeah. Idaho, and they're coming through there anyway. So it's a it's, uh, we have a lot of people that pick up locally, and we're just about to open our retail location. Oh, yeah, where's that going to be? So it's it's same spot. We're okay. just, we've been running kind of out of my wife's owns a business in this spot. We've been using her warehouse to cool. ship everything out of yeah. and people picking up there, but we're actually opening up our store next to our store. Okay. So probably by the... Uh, 
I'd say Valentine's Day okay. should be open. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned starting your own business? Oh, wow. <laughs> or a big lesson. Dude, um, let me count. In the way. outdoor industry. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, just trust your instincts, you know. Um, I think that's probably the best advice I could give to anybody yeah. because if you're undecided or you can't make up your mind, then you, you won't have a direction. And, mm -hmm. and uh, But if you commit and you go for it, um, you know, you can pretty much make anything work. Yeah. You know, be more successful. Like but if you're half-assed about it or not sure or, you know, wishy-washy, then, um, you know, I don't think you're going to have as good success. Yeah. No, that's great advice. Um, on a personal note, yeah. this head is awesome. Yeah, it is a sweet little pan head. Um, it is lighter I gotta than upgrade like the VA5. Mine. The VA5 is super popular. In fact, you've got one over I've there. I've got one, and I, that's the um, third one. That's the third one I've broken. Yeah. These are almost, are a, half, tough? almost a half a pound lighter and very tough. So what do they retail for? 140 That's not bad. Yeah, so they're a little cheaper than the VA5, a little bit lighter. Um, and they've got some cool features. And I like the way this is because I can take my, um, what's it called, Peak Design, mm -hmm. and it'll go right in there, won't it? Yep, it should. It's Arca Swiss. Yep. So, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'll have to check into that. But um, you're working, you know, I really think for guys listening, you know, if you want to do a Western adventure or you want to try out a new piece of gear, you already live out here, definitely check out Rent Outdoor Gear. Um, I haven't used them yet, but I've used similar services. Like we were talking about lens rentals. And uh, it's, it seems like a just amazing way to try out gear. So definitely check them out, guys. Where can yeah, people find you? Love, love to help you guys out. You can find us at rentoutdoorgear.com. We're on Instagram at rentoutdoorgear. And we're also on Facebook Facebook at, at renthuntinggear. Okay, cool. So, cool, man. Well, thanks for your time, dude. Appreciate you it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, man. Hope we can help you out with all. All right. Here live at the Expo. Wait, do you go with Jonathan or John? Either way. Which you prefer? Redbeard. We'll go with Redbeard. Redbeard. <laughs> so here with Redbeard. We've got two Redbeards. We're channeling the Redbeard action. Yours is like definitely like more fiery than mine, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a little... It's nice. It's all just for men. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. Um, did you guys have a good workout this morning? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. We were out there with Dan Staten, Whitetail Fit showed up, Joel. Nice. Um, some of the Hoyt guys. It was a lot of fun. Cool, and man. just some people that found it on Instagram, so it was, nice. it was good. Nice. And you're from Utah, right? No, I'm from North Carolina. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Do you live out there still? Nope. Okay. I'm here, but I'm from North Carolina. Okay, so where in North Carolina? In Fayetteville. Right outside of Fort, Fort Bragg. Bragg. Yep. He yep. was a... My buddy, Matty, was lived out there for a while. Okay. He's in the army. Did you, yeah. Are you in the military at all? Or? Nope. No. Uh, my whole family was, and that's why I was you know, raised there. So I was born okay. on the, the Marine base, Cherry Point. You didn't drink any of that poison water, did you? No. No, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, I asked my dad about that. He was like, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Later. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Redbeard. You really like people really call you Redbeard? Yeah. It's kind of stuck <laughs> since uh, Elk Shape Camp two years ago. Okay. So Dan, he was just like, look, I know your name's Jonathan. I'm calling you Redbeard. We're just going Redbeard. I said, all right, cool. All it's right. stuck since then. So I'm going to call you Jonathan. Yeah. All right. So Jonathan, um, you, how long is your, you got a podcast, Redbeard Outdoors. Yep. And uh, wait, did the name come from Dan? No. Okay. So I had started it, and that's how Dan just kind of recognized who I was. Gotcha. Kind of, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how long has your podcast been going? A year and a half. 
Okay. About a year and a half, yeah. Almost got, 200 episodes deep. Wow, dude. Yeah. So you're doing multiples per week. Yes. Yeah, so Mondays I do gear reviews. To uh, Wednesdays what's, I do solo episodes. What's a pe- oh gear review? Gear review. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah. said peer review. No gear review. So okay. it's about 15 minutes where I just kind of break down something I've used. Um, if I really like it, I recommend it. Um, and then Wednesdays are, are solo episodes, and then Saturdays, like today, are my conversations. Okay. So, um, what do you tend to focus on in your solo episodes? Just generally, it's kind of motivational stuff. So okay. it's either a story, something that I've learned in my own life, or uh, a quote that I've come across. I kind of break the quote down, why it's meaningful to me. Um, things along those lines okay. are kind of what I do on Wednesdays. That's not easy, though, to like kind of always come up with something to say, you know? Yeah. So you got to be kind of thinking about it and it's kind of kind of be a part of your life is kind of exploring those topics so. yeah and I you know the whole reason behind so I post a quote every single day um, sometimes I recycle the quotes um, but as far as posting those quotes I just uh, you know I want there's gonna be one day where someone comes across it and they're like I needed that today yeah. and I, I love when people reach out to me now um, and they say that they're like I needed this today or this hit home or whatever and they're not my quotes right but they're things that I think are motivational I like them I share them Um, but I also understand that motivation like there's a kind of a three-step process where you get motivated that's temporary it's like pre-workout it gets you going and and then you need to find the discipline to keep going and then you build habits and systems that will keep you going even when you don't want to and so that's kind of how that's why I just want to get them started just kind of that piece of my brand absolutely and that's been a huge part of my fitness thing is um you know, consistency and discipline over a long period helps having a goal. Oh yeah. I mean, actually, I don't know if you can do it without a goal. Yeah. Like, or you could, but anyway. Um, but yeah, keeping it going so that yeah, exactly. Like, it's kind of just part of your day. And even those days, you're like, gosh, I don't feel like I'm just phoning it in today. But then you roll into the gym, and you know, I do CrossFit, so the other people's energy. Even those days where I'm like really not feeling it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go easy today. Yep. And the wad starts, and I'm like. Dang, he's, I gotta keep up with that dude. Yep. I'm like, just like, you yep. know what I mean? Yep, that community piece is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what's do you have a day job as well, or? Yep. So my nine to five is tech sales yeah. uh, for a data management system. Okay. And we do power sport marine and RV. Okay. Um, the company's called Lightspeed. Dang, so you're putting out three podcasts a week and have a nine to five. Wow. And traveling to a crap ton of shows. And you got kids and yeah. stuff? Yep, five kids. Five? How do you... What? I have an amazing wife. I, I will always I'll always give her shout-outs because she, she just... She is so supportive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the beginning it was hard because, you know, a lot of us guys, we have our phases. You know, you go through gun phase, knife phase, hunting phase. Like, there's lots of phases That's that true. we've all been through. And so, I it was harder at the beginning because she probably thought I was investing too much time into something that was a fake. That was going to die out. But now it's been over two years that I've had the brand and she's recognizing that it actually has meaning. Yeah. And so, um, you know, she was always supportive. It's not that she never was, but the conversations are a little bit different now than they were back then. You know, now it's like, yeah, I bring up the show and this and that and all these trips and she's like, okay, well, let's work around that. Before it was like, are you really sure you need to be doing that kind yeah. of thing so um, it, it's been awesome to, to that's see interesting that well. man because yeah. yeah and I thought I was the only one but yeah I, I definitely the phase thing I mean yeah I don't know I think some people's personalities are more given to than others maybe but I've always been kind of like that like I'll sort of get into something and just just dive in yeah. um, some don't last that long some last longer than others but um, 
that's kind of that's interesting like the journey with your wife is sounds similar to mine too and I, I realized that you know two things that in my life have been constant since I was a child are my faith and hunting and so those are two big kind of things I like have integrated into this whole thing from the start so I was like because even I got to the point where even I was scared what I was doing was a phase you know what I mean I was like Am I going to be sick of this in six months? Not seeing the growth, you're wondering if you're, you know, things like right. that. I totally get it. So it's definitely got to be something that, like, okay, this is tried and true. I've been obsessed with hunting since I was six years old. Yep. Like, it's probably not a phase. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, and then for me, I mean, it's a little different because I'm an adult onset hunter, is okay. what I call it, you know. And there's a lot of those out there, and those are, there's a lot of people that go through that phase. And I think the reason why is because they see the YouTube, they think it's, like, gritty, yeah. does a really good job of putting it out there that it's it's not easy but even then they're still only seeing a minuscule clip sure. of all the days they put in the backcountry yeah. people don't understand you're that not seeing how days. hard that hike in was you're exactly. not seeing the eight hours a day behind the glass that didn't make the cut that you're just bored out yeah. of your mind and that's why for me like when I talk to people about it I'm like don't go invest a ton in gear Go out and embrace the suck for a little bit. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, you didn't waste a bunch of money. Right. You didn't waste a ton of time. And you're good. But yeah. if you do like it, start upgrading your stuff, investing more time and money. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also kind of build that relationship with your spouse or anyone else in, in your life. Yeah. Because you have to build that credibility. Yeah. You know, it, that's something that I, as men, uh, I think that we fail at because we're so driven naturally that we just want people to accept that we want to do what we want to do. Yeah. And that's not how it really works. Because you got to think, like, women think, uh, for the most part, are they're more like, I need security. You know, I want my children taken care of. I want me taken care of. Mm -hmm. Whether they consciously say that or not, that's always kind of on the back of their mm -hmm. minds. And so if we just come out and say, hey, I'm spending two weeks in the backcountry, what goes through my wife's mind is what if he gets eaten by a bear is this taken care of what about this what about that like all of that and for me i'm like i'm gonna go have fun yeah so you have to understand that and then uh just again building that credibility with your spouse or significant other whoever it may be um because that that's we can't just expect people to accept that we're starting something new right and it not be a phase yeah, yeah. how how long you been when or yeah how long you been hunting i, I think it's seven years now six, okay. seven years nice yeah what was it that drew you into it my friend uh so he i it was kind of weird he called up one day and he just said you know he was asking me for some help with something and uh i went over to his house and i saw a bunch of mounts i was like oh you're a hunter he's like yeah and he was kind of into gear stuff and then i was like wow that's a lot of cool gear you know started talking i was like hey do you mind uh if i go with you he was like yeah sure whatever and um and so i went with him got hooked was that in Utah? Or? Yeah, okay. Yeah. What kind of hunt was it? Um, just mule deer. It was was it like rifle. were you guys camping or just kind of day hunting? It was day hunting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you saw so some deer that first before, day? And, yep. So we'd and go up like, before the first it. light. Um, we'd get up on top with glass. You know, I just loved every aspect of it. And um, ever, I just haven't turned The rifle hunt? or At the first it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you, you're, you've gotten really into archery, huh? Yep. The last okay. three, three and a half years. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I've been hunting since I was, my, my dad started taking me, you know, when I was probably six, without a gun, of course, like, you know, dove hunting, duck hunting, 
and then of course you know I shot everything under the sun with my Red Rider BB gun like all yep. day every day yep. and then but then um, I started when I was 13 we got permission to deer hunt and I went out I was bow hunting um, that first night I saw like 13 deer I was like I was hooked and shot my first deer of the bow when I was 14 shot two that year and um, so I was hooked after that but um, it can be transformative yes. you know it's not for everyone I mean it no. takes more work um, especially western hunting yes because not that you know tree stand hunting whitetails is, I'm not knocking it I still do it still yeah. love it but uh, for me it was a huge part of my like life transformation in terms of getting fit um, and just being a better person really yep Oh, so, yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's, like, meditative qualities to bow hunting um, and archery just in general. Yeah. You know, it's weird, like, it's almost like putting horse blinders on my eyes and ears when I'm shooting my bow. Um, people can be talking, and I know some people can't do that, but for me, like, I've done stuff with, uh, like, Joel Turner. Mm -hmm. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know Joel Turner, I definitely recommend his, his stuff, Shot IQ. But... Uh, he didn't make it to the first elk shape camp that I went to, but this last one, you know, I'd been tagging him and stuff, and I'd been I, I'd been following the stuff that he teaches, and uh, and so he got up like in my face at elk shape camp. It was smacking. Oh, I saw my that. Hat. Yeah, smacking my hat with an arrow, putting the fletchings, blocking my eye from the peep side. Um, he was jabbing me in the ribs, you know, with the arrow, like all this stuff. He's like, "All right, Redbeard, let's see how you could shoot. I've seen you on Instagram. Let's see if it's real." Yeah. And I, I did. I was able to, like, that kind of stuff didn't really bug me. Nice. The only one that kind of got me was being on one foot, and he pushed me while I was on one foot. So that kind of, that, <laughs> that's kind of like the extreme, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's that's really, you know, how how I. Uh, so you made the shot, though, huh? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> was that the uh, the iron the whole yep. thing? Okay, cool, man. Yep. That's good, man. Um, so, what's uh, what's kind of your goal or vision with uh, with the podcast and all the stuff you're working on? So, with the podcast, um, like gear reviews to start, uh, it's just me going out and testing stuff and giving out. Um, I'm not one to bash equipment. Like I, yeah. I don't do that. I'm not into the negative. I love building people up. So if if a company sends me something or I purchase something that I don't like, I usually don't post those. Yeah. Because I don't want to bash people. Yeah, there's no reason. You can just be silent. But I message them or email them or call them or right. whatever kind of contact I've got with them. And I give them feedback. Yeah. I'm like, look, I really liked XYZ thing. I didn't like this thing. Right. Or do you want me to post the review or not? You know, kind of thing. But I'm going to be honest if sure. I do. And, uh, and anyway, I'd like to point people in the right direction of good gear because people spend their hard-earned money mm -hmm. on expensive pieces of equipment. And you don't want to get something that doesn't work for you. Right. And then have to deal with the returns, or sometimes there is no return. Like, you know, all that mess. Sure. So that's the vision with the, the gear reviews. Um, I get to partner with some great companies. And, and, and the other thing, too, is having a 9 to 5, I'm not worried about money. So I can pick what company I want to work with. Yeah. And, and then once I do that, I, my big thing with pick partnering with companies is providing a discount to the audience. Yeah. And, uh, and because I believe in the gear, etc. Um, Wednesdays again, just the the motivational. And then Saturdays, I love having conversations with people and getting a different side of who they are. So like my biggest one uh, to date, as far as like getting feedback, was with Eric Chesser. 
And oh, he's the great, reason, right? The reason being is that a lot of people didn't realize that he's not always been a hunter. Mm. And getting that story out of him, like I love that those things naturally come out in a podcast. Yeah. And uh, I've had so many people that are like, that's crazy that he went through this whole transformation to yeah. become what he is now. Yeah. You know? And uh, so I, that's that's the vision with the podcast is basically that providing good kind of a conversation where people can be a fly on the wall for people that they may never get to talk to in their life. Um, and then again, the motivation piece and the gear piece, just trying to hit all the little niches yeah. that when I was, you know, five, six years ago, that's what I would watch. That's what I would listen to. Yeah. Um, and so now I just want to provide my own aspect of that. I do cool, man. a different type of gear review, like low reviews that I did. Um, I talk about aesthetics. A lot of people don't. Yeah. You know, I don't talk about hand shock because for me that doesn't matter to me. Uh, no one thinks about the hand shock after you shoot a bow. Like when you shoot a bow. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, dude, yeah, it's a bow. Like when you shoot a bow. I shoot a 300 wind mag, and, so. Yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> Talk about hand shock. And you don't think about the kick on a 300 wind mag. <laughs> now I'm shooting an animal. an animal. No. Yeah, exactly. You're worried about that. You're yeah. in the glass. You're, you know, so anyway, that that's kind of my take. I just like putting my own perspective on things. <laughs> hand so, shock. Yeah, it, it's what true. A, bunch of girls. a lot of people do that. They're like. <laughs> Boom. Oh, I, I bet Dan's like shot. Oh, my hand shot. Yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Damn, what a girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nah. Exactly. Oh, I'm just messing with Dan because we mess with each other. But um, yeah, man, that's cool. Well, it's good to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. And uh, chat. So where can people check out the podcast? If they want to. Yeah. Hear it? So I'm on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Just Redbeard Outdoors uh, and any of the platforms. So cool. Spotify, Apple. Um, Stitcher, if you do that, there's so many of them that I don't even know, I know. what they're called anymore. Podbean, Podbean, yeah, Podbean. Google <laughs> I just, I just Podcast. like saying that. Podbean. Yeah, if you guys don't have an Apple phone, which I don't know what's going on there, yeah. but you know, still like 90 percent <laughs> of my downloads, like 99 percent of my downloads are like Apple iOS. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, that's that's yeah. that's where you can find me at. Cool, man. Well, thanks, brother. Yeah, thanks nice for talking to you, on. man. Appreciate yeah. it.